And we're back. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. I'll be bringing up the screen in just a second. Just want you guys to see the name, remember it, uh, write it down if you have to. I'll be showing you the website as well, so don't even worry about that. Um, welcome. Uh, today we'll be going over a little bit of the fights from last weekend. I'll talk about more of the main event and how there's like double sides to it. Spitbox wrestling and where Derek Lewis's career is at. Then we'll get into whatever news has been going on in the week. I have a couple things I want to talk about as far as just like fun stuff, um, like future jujitsu, like coming up the jujitsu matches. And then we'll go and get into UFC 263, 284, there we go, I'm 20 events behind, 284, uh, Islam Makachev versus Vol uh, Alexander Volkanovsky for pound for pound supremacy, I guess, uh, at least in this current moment and <clears throat> in those weight classes. Top two guys in the world, as far as competitively right now, skill level and resume speak for themselves. But we're going to get mostly into, uh, we'll get into, before we get into that, we'll get into the last event and the news. But before we do, subscribe to the podcast, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Southern Scrap Nation, we saw the name, we saw how to spell it. Along with the YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell too. I don't know if that does anything, but hit the noti bell and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube because we get video now and I can do this and move and you guys can see my face and I can pull up cool things like what's going on in the world and also uh, cool DJ uh, air horns and stuff. So. Let's get into it. So this past, uh, the weekend before, we had Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Like I said, I, I, I'm i going to mostly get into the, heavy, uh, the main event. I did not watch the whole card. I watched certain fights on it. I watched the Derek Lewis card. I watched the Devin Clark card, or Devin Clark fight. I watched the Tybora fight and the Duho Choi fight. Actually, I watched every card on the main, on the main event or on the main card. Yeah, I watched every fight on the main card. So, I kind of watched the fight. I sped through some of the spots. Let's not get crazy. I didn't, like, actually sit. Yeah. Also, beauty of fast-forwarding and rewinding. The intros themselves are five minutes. So, whenever you watch a UFC free fight, take off, like, ten minutes of how long it actually is. Because five minutes of it is them walking out and doing the whole thing. And then the last five minutes of them getting their hands raised and partying and all that cool stuff. So more often than not, it's it's like not it's not that long of fights. When you when you pull it up, it's like thirty minutes. Damn, I don't have thirty minutes to watch this. It's usually not. Um, things I can say: Duho Choi looked amazing. We we missed Duho. He got a penalty for. A headbutt. It, it wasn't... The headbutt's weird. So it wasn't like a... Intentional. Like he wasn't intentionally trying to headbutt 
Kyle Nelson. What he was doing was he just wasn't aware of his weapons. And as a pro, if you're headbutting someone, you should have better body control than that. All right. Things that you learn when you're first starting martial arts is kick control, punch control, like your body mechanics. So as a pro, you're kind of, you should already have body mechanic control. Like I shouldn't have, my hand shouldn't, or my head shouldn't be flailing around. Um, and even to the extent of like fingers in the eye, I shouldn't have that, but you know, <laughs> still happens. Maybe it could be the gloves. I don't know. I don't know why. You could always stick your hand out like a fit, like just a fist. And like, and I know that's typically not how like people want to because um, Jet Kune Do, martial arts, right? We're told to keep our hands nice and loose until the point of impact. So when people flex their hands, it's kind of takes away from the whole martial You're You're tensing yourself up in order to abide by rules. And I get why people don't like doing that. People also like grabbing hands. Just makes it easy. Obviously. You know, fingers in the eye. Big problem. Other than that, Marcin Tarbura. Great job getting that decision. He's one of those guys. Um, Jai Hilton Almeida called him out. I think that's a great fight. But the main event, the reason why I'm going to talk and just get a little bit of a, not a rant, but spend some time talking about it. Sergey Spivak versus Derek Lewis. To me, what it was, as you can see, a submission in the first round within like three minutes. I personally thought the Curtis Blades fight was going to be a good indicator of how this fight was going to go. A guy who's just waiting to shoot a takedown and Derek is going to catch. Derek also looked fantastic before this fight. He, um,. He was running. He cut a lot of weight. He kind of looked the same during weight, but he, you know, he cut weight. He was like 240. So Sergey is a persistent wrestler, and he does a very good job of um, chaining takedowns. However, what, what I forgot to put into consideration is Sergey hits the head and arm throw. Sergey's an upper body takedown guy. Derek throwing an uppercut's exactly what he wants. Because if he misses, he gets to underhooks, and then that's just Sergey's game. That's the key difference. And in MMA, that's why I personally think D1 wrestling and folk-style wrestling, unless you are, you know, come from a long, like a long line of it. Like you're, you wrestled since you were a kid, you wrestled in high school, you wrestled in college. Perfect, awesome. If you're a high school wrestler... You could be a state champ. Okay, whatever. National champ. Okay, fine. Personally, personally, I think Greco-Roman wrestling is the best transition for MMA grappling. Because one, I'm not putting my head into a position where knees or uppercuts are available and I'm not so concerned about which head my which side my head can be and it also takes away for people that do not wrestle it takes a lot of once again body mechanics and control to learn how to shoot with your head up and make it a habit and not shoot with your head looking down at the mat as soon as my head looks down as soon as my eyes are down at the mat i've botched the whole takedown it's worthless especially at a high level it's easier to learn the mechanics of getting to a body lock and using underhooks and overhooks to then use your legs and position to either 
um, get them to plant their hands and take their back with a with um with like a throw by or to pick them up and return to the map them. It's a lot easier to get into those positions and then chain that off to grab the leg and then work the body up and down that way, right? If you get body lock and they start defending the upper body, then it gives you an opening to drop down the legs, making your double legs and single legs a lot easier to obtain. Otherwise, the only other way I would suggest getting to be able to shoot double legs or single legs is become Alex Pajara level striking, where people, when they fight you, just put their hands up and ignore the fact that takedowns might even be available. That's why Sergey had so much success with Derek, is Derek wasn't ready for the... I mean, sure, they practiced it, but the reps, worrying more about them shooting it on the hips as the way I'm going down. Oh, that's easy to defend. I push their head down, I get my hips up, and I explode away. It's a lot easier for Derek Lewis to um, defend that kind of takedown, especially with his explosiveness and his size. Sergey chain wrestles and threw a little bit of a wrench where he starts with this unorthodox takedown, which most people are not hitting because you're just going to do what most people do in self-defense situation and just take the back. You're going to pop the head out and take the back. Sergey, obviously, if he's doing it at a pro level, has enough control and like I guess he closes space a lot more than control like I'm sure he sucks the space up between the head the arm and his body that it makes it almost impossible just for you to just like shoot your head out and then from there it was kind of the end Derek was drowning Sergey does the one key thing in wrestling in MMA and that's to keep your head and chest above their head and chest at all times it allows you to, one, see where you're punching, and two, it makes the other person have to carry your weight. If I'm underneath my opponent, it's a lot easier for them to use my weight to stand up. The analogy that they use for grappling is the drowning, like you make them drown. But why is that the analogy? Whenever people say that, it just seems like they're just saying a cliche and they don't understand the reason behind their words, i.e. most people talking. So the reason why you consider someone drowning in grappling when you are head and chest above them and they are, looks like, it looks like they're drowning. I guess that could be the reason. But really what it is, is like when you are stuck at sea and you start to drown, if someone is next to you or if you're a lifeguard, they teach you this like as a lifeguard, be careful with people that are drowning because they will try to drag you underneath in order for them to lift their head up and be able to breathe. It's the same idea when you're grappling. You're in a constant struggle of whose head is out of the water to breathe and who am I stepping on to keep myself up there. If my head even slides a little bit past their head, they can now use my body to keep themselves from drowning. So that's why with this kind of control Khabib style, none of these guys are very concerned about jiu-jitsu at all they're more concerned about making sure my chest um and head are above their chest and head win every scramble every scramble in case anything crazy happens in case you have a very explosive person that's good at making scrambles but then also as well too it makes the grappling part easy a lot of people find wrestling is hard in mma offensively but um Riddle me this. Where's your head positioning? 
If it's below their chest, yeah, it's going to be very hard. You're using your whole upper body and no good posture. But if your head's above their head and your chest is above their chest, you can control them and they are doing their best to get away from you. And that's more draining on them. So that is just kind of the breakdown of what Sergey, and it's going to kind of lead into what we're going to talk about later, um, did to Derek. And he just had no answer. Is this the end for Derek? No, Dano says he's a great guy. I'm sure he is. He brought, I mean, he, he's something the UFC wants. He's a marketing machine. People love him. He's got over a million followers on Instagram. He does it himself, right? He does the marketing himself. Of course the UFC is going to use him. He's a heavyweight. He knocks people out. He's got like the most knockouts of all, of all time. He's not going anywhere. It's just more what's next for him. Sergey Spivak beat you. You've got two lo three losses in a row now. Are you giving him like a Augusta Sakai? Because I'm pretty sure Augusta Sakai is in the same spot. Unless they've already fought before. Bro, bring out Augusta Sakai for this man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Augusta Sakai versus uh, Derek Lewis is what you want. <clears throat> You're welcome, Sean Shelby. Okay. So, let's get into the news morning report. So, big thing in the news that I saw recently was uh, Dana White um, forgot Islam's name. And then Islam came out and he, like, he, like, covered for Dana. He's like, oh, it's fine. We have hard names. They're Magomedov and Makachev. They're hard to pronounce. I don't give a... No, mm -mm. he should know your name. You're the champion. You've been fighting forever. I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He forgot his name. Um, I mean, even on the side, people... So, people are complaining about the promotion of this fight. And... Um, I jokingly said to my friends, it's like, they didn't forget, dude. They do this all the time. It's a week. They only promote these events for a week. Every event, doesn't matter how big it is, they promote it for a week. They might put out the like the free fights earlier, like two weeks ahead of time. But all the marketing is a week at a time. But why that's a joke is because this is, quote unquote, the two pound for pound guys fighting in the world. They only do one week of promotion. The whole week before was all... Oh my god, that hurts hurt my eyes. Um, all that they did before was all power slap promotion, which is a nightmare. No one likes it. No one likes it. Anthony Smith's the only person that likes it. And he derides Dana White all the time. Um, it's a dumb take. There are multiple people that... I mean, Nate Diaz, the king of slapping people in the octagon, thinks that shit's stupid. And he, saw, he thought Anthony Smith's take was stupid, too. It's two pound-for-pound pound guys fighting in the world, and you're going to give them one week of promotion on top of that, put some bull before it, that no one, none of your fans like it. None of them like it. None of your fans like it. 
Now you might have some casuals that enjoy slapping people, but what a dumb, what a dumb thing. And the marketing and the power that you're putting behind it as far as like monetarily makes no sense. You're not even, they're not even paying the slap buyers. That's a, I mean, that's a whole separate subject. You're not even paying those guys and gals, I guess. But the fact that they're even putting money behind something that, like, think of this. We watch people kick someone in the head at the highest level. Like the highest level possible. I watch someone of high skill versus someone of high skill set up a head kick that they've seen over a thousand times and land it. Usman versus Leon Edwards. Wouldn't land any other time but in that one moment. And then you want me to de- base myself and lower my values to watching two guys who I don't give a fuck about stand in front of each other with no skill and then just slap each other in the face. You can't even roll with it. You can't, there's no, there's no skill behind it. And then me go, you know what? All these years of, of fighting, how could I have been so blind? It's all about the slap fighting. Why are we even training when you could just slap each other? I, I don't know. I digress. I digress. Point being, Dana White responds, as you see in this headline, to Islam's comments about UFC 284. What does he know about what's going on? Bro, what do you know even about his name? You don't know Islam's name. Um, Dana White addressed the comments and he says, yeah, that's not true. First of all, I've talked to Islam. First of all, who interviewed him? Who translated for him? I mean, guy speaks Russian taken out of context. What's not taken out of context is you not remembering his name. First of all, he lives in Dagestan. So what does he know about what's going on about the promo? That's cool. Um, you know, put him down that he lives in a, another country. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Not that he has to do marketing for you and do the countdown show and do all that. Of course, he doesn't know what's going on. He's only the lightweight champion of the world. You're right. Um, he doesn't know anything. Oh, he doesn't know anything. Even better. He doesn't know anything. It's going to be the one of the top biggest fights of all time. No, it's not. How? How is it going to be the top biggest fight of all time? Are the metrics the same as Conor McGregor? Because if they were, you'd be way happier and you wouldn't be saying he doesn't know anything you would get his name right if they were the same metrics as could be versus connor first of all the event is sold out this event's always sold out that's a terrible metric the event sold out every ufc event's sold out you bring it here to charlotte it's gonna get sold out right you couldn't get a ticket if you if you wanted to get a ticket in perth Okay. <laughs> okay. You're talking about a country that has barely been left out of lockdown. And once they have been, I mean, of course they want to go do things. And it's trending right now to be the biggest pay-per-view event in Australia. In Australia? Over the Ronda versus Holly Holm fight? Okay. 
like six six percent behind Connor versus Dustin three. Okay. Hey, when this is over, quote him on that. I'm gonna bring back up the top pay per views of all time. Guarantee Volkanovski and Islam Makachev are not on it. Um, ironically, nearly four minutes of White's seven-minute interview with Rome focused on White's power slot league. I, I can't write this stuff. You can't, I mean, you can write this stuff, but like, it's literally what I was just talking about. And I and I love I love this argument. Even if you defend yourself in boxing, guys take up to 400, 600 punches per fight. No, not entirely true. 400 to 600 punches per fight. I mean record. I mean not record breaking. That's that's a lot. I'm not saying boxing's better since the, like, you are, but to use that as your, oh, they take 400, 600 punches, you only get one good slap. One good slap, undefended, and you're lucky if someone cat, like, you got Forrest Griffin trying to catch, hey, you got Forrest Griffin catching people in Power Slap League, and you let Stefan Bonner die, bro. You could have given that dude a job. Could have saved his life. Saved his life. Giving him a job. And you're sitting here. Shit's for shit's for the clowns. That's all I can say. UFC is for the clowns. If I'm uh if I'm that dude from that guy that almost has a heart attack every day talking about stocks, that guy that yells and yells and yells, I forget his name. If I'm that guy, I'm going sell, sell, sell on all UFC stock, buy, buy, buy on all of Bellator stock. Prime, Power Slap, I mean, it is becoming one of the most, like, least serious fight promotions out there. And you, we used to think Ryzen, Bellator fights, Pride, whatever, Strike for whatever, like, any of those kinds of things were clown shows. This is a clown show. Because, why is this a clown show? Because this is something that... They then, Dana White then makes you think and gaslights you into thinking that this is serious. He's like, you're an idiot if you don't think this is all serious. It's like, bro, you're an idiot. Like, how do you, how can you sit there and tell me signing with Logan Paul's drink that has no hydration benefits and then Slapley and all this stuff, that's all serious. It's all jokes. This is all joke. And then it gets sold to you like it is some serious thing. Like serious business moves. It's the worst. Uh, Hamza calls out Robert Whitaker. I like it. I'd like to see Hamza at 170. He obviously can't make it to 185. It is. Sure. Robert Whitaker. I don't hate it. I just... Probably not gonna happen. Well, that's cool. Then Thomas Carlos Newton added amongst us. 
Associated Boxing Commissioner's new fighter committee. It, but, like, where? Which ABC? It's like state. They're all state-run, right? They're all state-regulated. So I guess the one in California or Florida? Probably Florida, right? Did Thomas in Florida? Oh, for those on, um, for those on, for those that know Southern Scrap Nation and follow our fighters, I just want to give a nice little shout out. Nice little shout out to our, uh, to our boy Troy Green. Right there, helping Randy Brown get ready for his fight. Good old buddy right there. Having fun in Perth. Helping Randy with his reaction skills, playing a game. Just, just keeping it nice and loose. Enjoying Australia. I, don't, I mean, he's never been, so that's kind of... I don't think he's ever been. I'm pretty sure he's never been. Um, that's kind of cool, right? That is one of the benefits of fighting on these cards. You get to travel to another place. Uh, enjoy what they're doing, especially if you're acclim if you're um, if you're trying to get acclimated to the area, which I highly recommend. Uh, it'll go into my when I break down the fights at 284. I'll talk about that. The coming going to a foreign country, especially someone where the different time zone. Um, going two weeks ahead, Max Holloway kind of made it famous. Famous, but going two weeks ahead is definitely the way to go about it. Just so you get your lay of the land, find out how you're eating. Um, get your sleep, understand how you need to sleep, what you need to do, what to eat, what not to eat, see how your stomach, especially if you're going to Brazil or some other country that's not, you know, the food is radically different than the United States. They use different oils or they use different things to cook their food. You have to make sure. Now, obviously you have the PI guys that I'm sure bring food or you bring your nutrition nutritionist and they've got whatever, but if you don't, or you bring your nutritionist and they're just going to buy stuff when they're there, it's good to know. Also, if you go to another country and they have, they have certain foods that are like helpful during weight cut, like that's also awesome to go see, you know? So you, if you can find convenient food that's made consistently that the country is like, that's easy to that's easy for access it's like oh perfect that's what being there for two weeks is like places with a lot of fruit great 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 great, great. um okay i don't think uh, i don't think he's gonna smack him dan hooker hurt his hand so he's probably out from jalen turner <laughs> Accident. Oof. Drew Dober versus Jalen. Like it. I like this fight. Holloway versus Allen. Oh. <laughs> 
I don't know if that's a troll or anything like that, but that is some of the dumbest training ever. You're not going to be blindfolded fighting. You might hurt your eye. You might get a Bilal Muhammad injury, but what happened when he got that injury? They stopped the fight. Uh, that kind of stuff, when I see stuff like that, I like the Alex Pajara when he was making fun of Izzy doing his kind of stuff. like Or the Nate. Like, to me, all that's touch button in the park. Like, it's not... You're not doing it, seriously. You're, you will never have to worry about that. It's crazy. All right. Michael Levin and Page back at it. Morning report done. Oh, yeah. Anthony Pettis' boxing Roy Jones Jr. and Jorge Masvidal's game bread stuff. And... Jose Aldo's fighting Jeremy Stevens in a boxing match. It's just very weird. Like, I, who asked for that? I didn't ask, like Anthony. I see the comments. It's like, oh my god, what a firefight and stuff like that. Really, you think Anthony Pettis versus Roy Jones Jr. right now is a great boxing match? What? No. Okay, moving on. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Oh, um, also this past weekend, Fedor lost his fight, last fight against Ryan Bader in a decision, I think. And then... Johnny Elbin was proving that he's a uh, Edlin is proving that he's one of the best middleweights in the world by using that beautiful transitional wrestling to striking to that upper body stuff that I was talking about on top of that beating a pretty high highly skilled Russian you know not easy America So, Max Holloway is a Kansas City fight. Alright. Nothing really going on here. It's kind of all the same. DJPen.com booth. What did I say? Dana White announces fans will be able to bet on power slot matches starting at the live event in March. That's all he gives a fuck about. Really basing yourself, everyone. So to talk about the Conor McGregor thing, Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler announced tough ultimate or tough 31 coaches, and then eventually will fight at the end of the year. It'll probably be the December 31st card because Conor's 
just re-entered the testing pool. So he won't be able to compete for a while. So obviously they set up the whole Ultimate Fighter thing, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think it's a good fight. It makes sense. Uh, demographically, you can sell it on all angles. Ireland versus America. Same kind of mentality too. Brash Irish guy. Super patriotic. Like a persistent American, like, you know, all-American kind of guy. Wrestling. The Irish boxing. Fun fact, Connor's taking up a jiu-jitsu match, right? Uh, at Grappling Industries in the UK. He's in the same bracket as uh, Sunscrap Nation's friend, Cameron Donnelly. And we're hoping, at least I'm hoping, that they get matched up and uh, Cam shows him what's up in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think it's... He went from ESPN slapping some dude in front of everyone in Cancun to Conor McGregor being in his division. Um, I always, I've said since you guys know, Cam to me is the best jiu-jitsu practitioner in Scotland at the moment. Um, I think he's world-class, and I just, I feel like this is his year, and these are, it's just lining up for him. And I'm so happy for Cam, uh, from meeting him in TriStar to now, um, you know, he's made, he's made moves going to B team and like made it really work for him and just taking up opportunities when he can. And this is one of those moments where it's like, hell yeah, if he can get a, if he can get a match with Connor and then show a video of him you know, choking him out or making him tap some heel hook. Whew. It's the year of the Donnelly. Um, So yeah, Connor's returning. So get ready for that. Well, I'm actually kind of interested to see why Rafael dos Santos thinks so. Why? Why do you think so? Win on points. <laughs> okay, well, that's pretty good analysis. But it's not like he doesn't wrestle. It's kind of weird. I, obviously, I understand what he's saying. He uses judo throws to get takedown. But... But it's because of the threat of the wrestling. It goes back to what I'm saying. He, the threat of the takedowns on the legs opens up body, body lock takedown lines. You don't need to bring in a judo guy. Bring in sambo practitioners. Go to a hard place in the world and train with sambo practitioners. It's the best way to do it. Is it easy? Is it going to be an easy thing to do? No. Not.
So, let's go ahead and get to the breaking downs of these fights. Let's go early prelims. This is UFC 8, 284 in Perth. Big one. The big one. Um... Zubar, Zubaria to Kanov was going to be a, this. This fight right here could have been a barn burner of a fight. This would have been a good fight. Honestly, I think Tukov would have done to Yo Yoel Alvarez what um, Edmund Tur uh, no, Saryukian would have done to Yoel Alvarez, but but I still think as like a fight to show that he's gotten better. And I love watching Yoel Alvarez fight because of his jiu-jitsu off the ground. And he's just like a long striker too that knows how to keep his range. But this dude, this dude's like supposedly yeah. He's one of the Khabib guys, I'm pretty sure. I think he's one of the guys that jumped in the cage and fought Connor after that Khabib thing. He's one of those guys. You also have um, Shane Young, who's got great um, walkout stuff. He does like the haka. It's kind of funny. Not funny, but it's, it's cool that it's funny to see the expression of people. When they see it, he goes and starts doing it, and everyone's like, oh. Let's see if I can bring it up. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Let's see. Oh, these ads. All right, so he's going to go do the haka uh, to, to his opponent, and um, yeah, the reaction's hilarious. Right, Dana White, watch his face. Watch Dana's face. This is great. Oh, wait, hold on. I think that shit's cool, like, to be able to just, like, do that and just be like, all right, time to pay the love. And then just be able to have that in your back pocket all the time. It's just, what? It's pretty cool. It's like a superpower in my mind. <laughs> um, 
Jamie Malarkey on the prelims. Right, early prelims. So then the prelim prelims only have two fights on it. Weird. You have Tyson Pedro versus Modesta Bukakaukas. Bukakaukas? Bukakaukas? I don't know. I guess he was supposed to fight another dude. Got re uh, reslated. Dude's lost two times in a row. It's a pretty good fight, I guess, for Tyson Pedro. You know, this guy's 0-2 in the UFC. Loses Tyson Pedro. Probably gets his... Probably gets his papers. But it's good for Tyson Pe Pedro in Australia, especially coming off his comeback fight. Um, really feeling himself. Uh, his last two fights, yeah. Two first round. He's coming back. He's all healed from his injuries, mentally feeling confident. So you can expect another first round knockout from him or something along those lines. And then, yeah, this dude, this dude is very good. This guy's very good. Yeah. Um, who I don't, I'm not a hundred percent about this Joshua Kulabau. I'm, I think I've seen him fight before. Yeah, I think I saw this fight, but th this Armenian dude is so good. I think he's like part of the Saryukin camp. It's just very, very good. He's a up and coming featherweight kind of guy to watch. It's like Ela Taporia, that kind of. He's just so good everywhere. Alright, so let's go ahead and get to the main main card and break down these things and give more of my predictions on these. So Jimmy Crew versus Alonzo Menafield. I like Jimmy Crew at home. Um, but as far as like if you're going off of yeah, Jamal Hill is he's on two right now. So the confidence isn't the same as his opponent, Alonzo, who I'm pretty sure is coming off of a win. Yeah, and knocking out two wins, knocking out his past two opponents. Um, especially one in Misha Serkinov, which is a very big win. But I think age-wise and home field advantage, this is Jimmy Crute's fight to lose. I think this is a great fight for him. It's a good way for him to get back on his feet and uh, get that w back in the win column and beat a guy who I wouldn't say is like top contender status, but is a good fight for you to get, like, you know where you're headed in the right direction. You're not fighting a guy who just entered the UFC. You're fighting a guy off of two wins in the UFC, knocking out his past two opponents, full of fire, looking to do the same thing to you. Beating him in your hometown would propel his confidence back to where it needs to be. So I think I'm, I'm going to go with Jimmy Crew with this one. Just because... The odds for him and the level of competition that he's fought, even though he's lost, is higher. Justin Toffa versus Parker Porter. I like Justin Toffa in this fight just because Parker said he's going to slang and bang with him, and I think that's a terrible idea. But if you want to, 
um, then have a honeysucker kind of time with him. Just on top. All right. So then these are going to be the main ones. Jack Maddalena or Jack Della Maddala, Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Rudeboy Brown. I think this is a, this is fight of the night in my opinion. Jack Della Della Maddalena. Um, they're essentially the same kind of fighting style, boxing. Uh, boxing heavy, and then they're good everywhere else, right? Their boxing is way better than everybody's, so everyone tries to, you know, take. Them, I mean, what really got me with Jack is his body shot to uh, against his last opponent, who just tried to darse him, and he did all the right defenses, da 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 da, da. and then he just put the pressure on. Him. He was a Dagestani dude. He put the pressure on him, and he well, he got out of a Dagestani's grappling chains and everything stood back up and landed that nice shot to the body um personally though i think rainy brown wins this fight i that's my prediction the reason being is uh he's like him but you can't find somebody that's like rainy brown rainy brown can find a bunch of jack Magdalena's in camp. Good boxer. Good submission defense. Da, 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 da. Randy's that plus he's got weird like body mechanic. Like his body he's got a weird anatomy. Right? On top of that the experience. Um, he's been he's been in Perth for a while and I think I think this is Randy's fight to win for sure. Obviously, home crowd, but, you know, I think he feels good with the team he's got there. And I'm looking forward to Randy Brown winning that fight. Either decision or he submits Maddalena. Um, and the co-main event, you have Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. On paper, this is a great fight. Uh, like, you on paper, this is like power versus speed. Striker versus striker. But where I think this is actually a mismatch is I think Yair won heading into heading to Perth like Sunday. Getting in not even a week. Like a week. Not even a week before the fight. And then two. I think stylistically this favors Josh Emmett. As much as I would, as much as everyone would like to see Yair Rodriguez do the thing, like he did against Chan Sung Jung or whatever, remember he was losing that fight. He lost the fight to Max Holloway. Josh Emmett just won a fight where everyone thought he lost because he did enough. Josh Emmett can do enough against Yair, and he could put Yair out. Yair's style is too much on the back foot and too, you know. Too kick heavy oriented and high risk, high reward kind of style. And Josh Emmett's not that. And I think Josh Emmett also being there for the time and getting acclimated is going to help him. I think Josh Emmett, either by decision or he knocks Yair out. Like cold. Like scary cold. Like really scary cold. Like I, I feel like it's one going to be one of those like Ricardo Lamas things where he hits him and everyone's like, "Ooh, 
Um, I think that's for the title, too. Weird. All right. So, main event. Pound for pound championship. Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. What to say about this? What to say about this? So, from the beginning of camp, you have Alexander Volkanovsky training in Bangkok Muay Thai in Thailand, and you have Islam Makachev training at base camp of Mount Everest. Point points to Volkanov or points to Makachev. Um, Khabib's left the camp. He's not a part of it. Points Volkanovsky maybe. Because also Volkanovski has been training with Mysebek Tysimov. Mysebek Tysimov. For those that don't know who that is, former lightweight contender. Um. Maribek Tyson used to be in the lightweight division and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure uh <coughs> sorry I'm pretty sure brush I mean not I mean pretty sure Dagestani but that he I don't know if he's undefeated but if if so he is undefeated you know Russian cat and arguably one of the guys that could have been lightweight champion of the world. Um, trained in Thailand. He's coaching at Bangtao. And this dude, the wrestling, but it wasn't the wrestling that everyone was scared of. It was this. Like, this dude striking had incredible power on top of that he had the wrestling but he fights like Islam, like he is like islam but with more power so i personally think this was a great addition to volkanovsky's camp this guy um so points volkanovsky's camp look boom oof the uppercut to the left hook boom telling you this guy could this guy could have been it this guy could have been it i don't i don't know what happened but this dude is a scary dude <laughs> yeah oh boom boom scary 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 guy um Oh. Oh, it's Bakayo. Sensei, no! But yeah. Scary dude. I mean, extremely good. And, uh, yeah, so Volkanovski's had him in his camp. Points Volkanovski. But this is where I start to see Islam trail away, and I think it's... Volkanovski, instead of bringing Tysimov, he kept bringing Craig Jones. 
Craig's a very good grappler, but that's not the type of grappling you need to worry about. What you need to worry about is having someone who's a, like I said, a Russian Sambo person. Someone who's trying to, one, southpaw, obviously, but someone whose chain wrestling is is intense. Not the jiu-jitsu part. The jiu-jitsu part's fine. you got to Ortega stuff. I'm, I'm not too concerned about your ability to get out of deep submissions. It's more the persistence, the changing of levels, the being like thrown around kind of thing. Chad Mendes took him down and took his back. Chad Mendes also like a little bit shorter, so getting on the hips a little bit more understandable. But everyone wants to use the excuse like Alexander is like a, not excuse, but like the, the point Alexander was a bigger dude, so he's going to be able to grapple with a bigger guy. That only favors Islam more. Being faster would have been the key against Islam, which I'm sure Alex is working on. But it's not about being, like, stronger, per se. You work on the technique with the Sambo guys. You work on that technique of being able to have the deal with the chain thing. And then you beat Islam to the next position. How did Jack Della Magdalena get out of that choke from the Dagestani? It's not that the Dagestani's choke was bad. It's that Jack got to the next position before he did. That's how you beat these grapplers. You have to beat them at their neural pathway and get to the next position before they're even there. Khabib and all those guys, it's very hard because they have a, they do, they have these different levels of grappling, chain wrestling, that only a few people in the world are at that level to understand. But they are rigid, structured people, so you know their stuff is rigid and structured. It has a path. If you can beat to that path, then next, or if you can beat that person to the next point of that path, you can get out of those positions. There is a lack of creativity that they have, and that's fine because it works for them. It's very dominant. It's what works, works. But that's where the Volkanovsky corner needs to like embrace is the fact that they can catch him with the creativity, the unorthodoxness, but you have to be fast enough to understand which position to get out of first. Like you can't. Oh, I, he said it in the fight. He's like, I expect Islam to take me down, but try holding me down. He's going to hold you down. If you don't know the position next, he's going to hold you down. It should be like, he's not going to take me down because I'm going to be in the next position before he can even get to wherever he wants to go. I'm going to be out of there. That's what the, it shouldn't be like, I know he's going to take me down, but try holding me down. Yeah, that's his, that's the system. He's going to hold you down. Whatever you think you're going to do technically to get up, he knows all those, he knows the web. He knows how to deal with it. Where I'm sure he has a harder time is someone shutting it down from the initial. They try to get the hands together or whatever. He tries to do the, he tries to do the judo throw. And you, you don't allow that kind of stuff to get engaged in any of that. Or if you do, let's say he does throw you. Going back to what we we're talking about. If he does throw you, getting your head and chest above his head and chest before he can capitalize. Seems like an impossible task, but... That's what you're trying to beat them on. You're not trying to beat them on the fact of like, oh, I know he's going to get the submission on me, so try to finish it. It's like, no, dude, that's already too late. Oh, I know he's going to take me down, but try to keep me. That mentality is not the way you want to go about it. You're like, no, I'm not even going to let him get into that range. And Volkanovski having that level of range management and distance control, he shouldn't have an issue. I just don't like the mentality when all these guys are like, they're going to take me down. 
And if you do think that they are going to take you down, quit fucking saying it. Don't say it on camera. Don't be like, oh, I know he's going to take me. Don't say it. Right? Keep that shit to yourself. I think Islam is just going to be too much for Volk. I think it's not even like a physical aspect of it. I just think technically he's going to be too much. And I think it's going to be one of those things like, unless Volkanovsky sleeps him, like it happened to Islam a while ago, in an unorthodox way, right? He got hit with an unorthodox shot. That's how you're going to do it. I think Volkanovsky, if he tries to decision it, I think he loses. He has to be, he has to hit him with timing, speed, and getting the fuck out of there. It's going to be one shot and leave. And hopefully you fold him. Hopefully this weight bulking up, you, you have that power. But he's not one-shotting anyone at 145 either. And I know he's fought some tough dudes, but it's not one-shot Anthony Johnson power. It's a build-up and volume. And Islam can shut volume down. Charles Oliveira has more knockout power than Volk does, in my mind. Like, I don't... I under the maybe being lower to the ground is gonna help him not get but once again, like Hopbael said, it's not those kinds of takedowns that you have to worry about. It's the body lock stuff. And you can have your hips as low to the ground as you want to, but shooting in is not gonna be the issue. I think Islam takes it. Uh, I mean I like the idea of Volk shocking the world, but that just shows you. Even though Alexander's pound for pound, if Islam beats Volkanovski, it's not shocking the world. It's what is expected. If Alexander beats Islam, it's shocking the world. So what truly is and who is truly pound for pound? The guy, if Islam wins, goes, yeah, I mean, we expect that from him. Or the guy that when he wins, everyone goes, oh my god, this is the craziest thing. They're both undefeated. They both snapped win streaks of people that were undefeated before them. But why is it that we already have this expectation of Islam over Alexander Volkanovsky? Because people have already made the decision and we already know. I don't know why we're having this fight. I like it for just whatever. But it is what it is. People have a feeling and people know when you watch Islam what it is. It's like, it's watching Khabib 2.0. It's not surprising when he wins. When Volk wins, it's almost like he's never A-side. He always has to constantly prove it. And that's great because it, it works for him mentally. And that's why I think the, the option of knocking Islam out is there. I just haven't seen it at 145, so it's going to be hard for me to bet on he's sleeping Islam when he hasn't slept anyone before. This is going to be the moment he sleeps up, sleep someone? Stats-wise, it's not very highly likely. 
But anything can happen. That's what MMA is about. I mean, all these fights are 50-50. I just do this show and I do the predictions and I make every... It's the same way people... Same reason people gamble. It's like there's a... We all know it's 50-50, but to sell it, you have to be like, uh, 75-25. But realistically, any of these men above the weight of 155 when they step... Or 55 and up, when they step in the cage with four-ounce gloves on, and even girls at 135, when they step in the cage with four-ounce gloves on, and they punch each other in the face, it's anyone's day. Right? You're just... The... What you're thinking the whole time is them on their best day, skill-wise, does it make sense? Or does it match up? Them on their best day? No. I, I, I think Islam is just that good. I think for five rounds, he can manage Volkanovski. I think that's what it is. Like, five rounds, he can manage that. Um, anyway. So, picks. Jimmy Crute, Justin Toffa, Randy Brown, Josh Emmett, and Islam Makachev. Those are my picks. I hope they come out to fruition. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm sorry about that. Uh... <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, remember, Southern Scrap Nation, Xavier, this weekend, fighting on UBG underground or under battlegrounds. Underground battle, uh, whatever. Um, Derek Brunson's promotion of Myrtle Beach this weekend. He'll be fighting um, uh, one of Derek Brunson's guys. And if you'd like to train with me, click on this website. Click here to start today. Takes you right to page and you can get going right if you're in charlotte hit me up if not subscribe subscribe to the podcast subscribe to the youtube channel thank you all for listening hope you enjoy your weekend and enjoy the fights and i'll talk to you later bye